Guys, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, my friend Cody Nelson of 20 plus years. He's the optics manager over there. If you guys need any optical needs at all, anything to do with glassing, binoculars, tripods, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, anything to do with glassing, give Cody a call. 602-399-3699. That is his cell phone. You can also text him at that number. You can also call him at GoHunt at 702-847-8747. I want to thank GoHunt Optics for their sponsorship of the podcast. Guys, I also want to let you know that GoHunt maps have been released and they are right now available to insider members. I have had an intimate role in this go hunt mapping process of uh, getting these maps just how we need them. They are awesome for Western hunters. Go hunt maps is built for Western hunters. Go Hunt's first focus has always been creating solutions for hunters like us to make them as successful as possible both for themselves and for the advancement of conservation. With the launch of Go Hunt Maps app, Western hunters are empowered to meet their needs all in one platform. Discovering hunts with filtering 2.0 and draw odds and preparing with expertise and gear and now take maps into the field. Guys, I've had an intimate role in helping develop the app and I think you're really going to like it. Make sure you're an insider member. So go to gohunt.com forward slash jscott and sign up for an insider membership if you're not already an insider. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That is the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. To find out more, you can go to kuiu.com, kuyu.com. It's a direct-to-consumer company. You can order all of the products directly off the website. That's the only place you can get it. Go to kuiu.com. PhoneScope is the adapter I use to take videos and photos right from my iPhone 12 Pro, right through my spotting scope or binoculars. Go to PhoneScope.com, use the JScott21 promo code, and you're going to get a 10% discount. Guys, let's get right to the episode. Guys, welcome to the JScott Outdoors podcast. I've got Pat McCarty of Shadow Valley Outfitters on the line. Pat, how are you doing? Hey, Jay, we're doing great. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, um, let's talk about, uh, before we get into deer or anything else, let's talk about uh, the Arizona elk season. Kind of start at the beginning and talk about how the season was uh, this year for elk. Yeah, I think um, for us, I think this year was really a pleasant surprise um, with antler growth. Uh, I know going into the draw you know, you and I talked, and uh, a lot of other people, our expectations were, um, we were pretty hesitant, and there was a lot of people that, you know, maybe didn't apply it or point guarded for the first time, not knowing uh, if antler production was going to be, what, low because of the severe drought we were in or just what. Um, and at least for us, uh, you know, we were in Unit 9 and 7 West, 7 East, um, and then 23. It was really really uh pleasant surprise you know unit nine there was a lot of big bulls um and and i personally wasn't really expecting that um when i when i say big i mean really big bulls um so it was a pleasant surprise uh the rut across the state seemed like it was as good as it's ever been uh, at least in the last probably 15 years um bulls were on fire uh cows were cycling in and out of, of heat 
Uh, it made for a fantastic hunt, uh, a great experience for, for most hunters. Um, me personally, I, I mean, I, I just had a, a fantastic time these last two months. I got to start over in Unit 9. Um, got to hunt with uh, Scott and Daisy Douglas on a, my wife had actually drawn the tag and she gave it the tag back and gave it to OE4A and then Daisy got the tag. So I, I went and I hunted with them. We had a fantastic hunt and bulls beers went and, and if you're not familiar with the OE4A uh, organization, it's the Outdoor Experience for All. Um, it gives, you know, kids that, uh, have life changing events happen in them or veterans uh, a tag. And it's, it's a really great experience for them. But hunted with them for a, a number of days. And then uh, she ended up killing a bull with uh, James Vine, uh, who his son had the tag also in nine. And, and in our camp, uh, Cody killed, I think, uh, second weekend uh, time. And killed just an absolute giant bull well over that magical 400 uh, mark. And then Daisy ended up killing a great bull. And then we had another guy, Daniel, that ended up killing the bull all in nine out of the archery hunt. Um, and it was just a really, really fun hunt uh, up there. And then uh, then Seven West was good for us. Uh, we, had, we had a hunter in there, uh, killed a real nice bull. Um, and then Seven East, the rut was fantastic over there, too, uh, killing a good bull out of there. And then, then uh, on the early rifle hunts, we were in 5B South and killed a, a really, really good, pretty a 270-ish type, uh, six-point, beautiful. I mean, kill them, you know, right at first light and the sunrise was amazing. It's just really awesome. And then the 23 hunt, you know, they were they were pretty busted up. There's a lot of big bulls that were broke, um, but we had a great hunt. Again, you know, we were looking at 15, 20 bulls a day, um, and ended up killing a bull. I think it was like Wednesday uh, of that week, um, and just just a fantastic hunt. Nice, clean, big, unbroke six. Um, and just a great experience. So it's been it's been everything you know that we could hope, and, and then just a little bit more. So we're thrilled with how it's gone. Let me jump back, um, pick away at a couple of things that you'd said. Uh, Unit nine, when you got there, uh, you weren't anticipating the antler growth, the size of antlers to be as good as they were. So you you were surprisingly shocked. Um, as far as conditions, when you actually got to the unit to, you know, right around the time the hunt started, did it look like just, you know, green golf course, just unbelievable, like Ireland or something? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think yes, in part, you know, that, that country up there just south of the room is so weird to where, you know, Unit 9 is a small unit, uh, relatively speaking, compared to some of these other ones. So in some areas of the unit, you know, like the, the west side, there was just green grass everywhere. And then there were some areas down on, like, the southeast side where it didn't look like it rained in two years. Um, so it, it's kind of it, – that area is just always weird. But, you know, it the monsoon action that we had this year was phenomenal. So there's water spread out throughout the entire unit, um, which had a lot of elves spread out. And it really brought uh, a level of – you know, I think it was able, you were able to, to really get out. And so most people, you know, every, there's like the hot spots, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there they were all clump up. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you could go somewhere else and find a totally different bull that you've never seen before. You know, the bull that we killed, that Cody killed uh, with his dad, you know, we don't, we didn't have a single trail camp picture of that bull. And we're running 
cameras up there like most other people. Um, and we didn't have a picture of that bull. So that bull, at least to our knowledge, came in from somewhere else. And it came in there for the cows, like, you know, most bulls will do. And, uh, you know, but he's, he's a giant bull. And, you know, it's, it's pretty wild. We spent a lot of time up there and to not have a picture of him. I did talk to uh, someone else that did have a picture, but it, it was strange. Um, but like I'd say in Seven West, it was very, very green. When I was in 23, it was like carpet green. I mean, unbelievable. It was awesome. And then it rained a bunch during that hunt, too. Um, and it just rained here in northern Arizona again last night. So we're still in a pretty pretty good trend of moisture going right now. What what's your outlook with what you saw on the early hunts going into some of these late archery hunts and late rifle hunts um, as far as breakage uh, and then as far as feed conditions uh, moving forward going into these late hunts? Uh, well, we'll hit on that right now. As far as feed condition, you know, I mean, I'm looking right. I'm in my truck in northern Arizona right now, um, kind of running around checking some stuff and Right now, I'm looking at three and a half feet of grass, you know, and it, you know, some of the grass they like, some of they don't, but there's enough holdover feed for these elk to, to maintain a healthy diet throughout the rest of the year um, and into next year. I'm very optimistic um, that that's going to be just fine. Uh, going into the late archery, uh, some of the late muzzleloader hunts, and even the late rifle pad, there's definitely going to be some breakage issues. The rut was fantastic. Uh, they were getting after it. I mean, I think the first time I saw bulls fighting was like September 1. Uh, it, they were getting after it early, um, which was made for a fantastic archery hunt. But these late hunts, you know, like always, you're going to have to grind, you're going to have to work um, just because of the sheer number of people that are out there. And then, you know, a lot of bulls are going to have broken points. It's just That's just the way it is. That's the way it always is. Whether it's a, a drought here in the break or a super strong wet here in the break, there's going to be broken bulls. So you think it's average on breakage or more than normal? Um, I, I would say average. I don't. I don't expect it to be horrible. You know, I mean, I was up in line not, not just a couple of days ago, and I still saw a number of you know big bulls. You know, and what I say big on the late season, three fifty plus type bulls between unit nine, ten, um, and even unit eight that were unbroke at this point. Uh, they're still unbroke, but I also saw, you know, two groups of 30-plus elk with five bulls running around still chasing, you know, a couple leftover hot cows. Um, so they're still they're still moving. They're still active. They were still bugling. It makes it really fun on these, you know, these late rifle, um, sorry, the, the late muzzy and the archery, if, if they're making noise, and they still are. It's been pretty cool. But, yeah, the breakage is average. It's not, it's not horrible at all. Got you. Um, Seven East, we've talked about it, uh, and I've talked to others about it on the podcast. It's it's kind of taken a beating, but it sounds like you guys were able to uh, have a good hunt there still. Talk about the numbers of elk in Seven East and kind of what you're seeing there. Yeah, so uh, Leighton Cooper guided the Seven Inch Hunt Forest. He's, that's like one of his favorite hunts, so you know he always wants to be in there. Um, we got a hunter on that one for him. And they saw a lot of good bulls. Um, you know, top-in top in that we're talking about is like 350-ish. Um, but they saw a lot of bulls in that 330 range, too. Um, and, you know, it, it's a fun unit 
Um, you know, you can go all the way up into Aspens and whatnot. You can be in some fine country. You can be down along the Junies. Um, it's it's a really fun unit. So it's classable. Um, you can get up. You can look down, or you can even look up. Uh, and the guys had really no problem finding elk uh, because they were super active and they were getting after it. It, it changed a little bit with the moon uh, coming in later, um, but I think they were done for the first weekend anyways. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It's taken a beating the last couple of years. That 70s late rifle hunt, that's a really, really tough hunt. Uh, 70s late rifle, 9 late rifle, those are tough hunts. Um, but if you stick it out, you, you can still find a good bull, you know, that 330 ranger or better but you got to grind on them for sure what are your thoughts on i believe january 1st that camera ban goes into uh, play uh specifically your thoughts um in regards to unit nine and seven west seven east um what are your thoughts on what's going to happen yeah so um this is like such a hot topic for people and people are so passionate about it. And, you know, even I have to look at it wearing a couple different hats. Um, right now, like one of the main benefits that I think is going to come from this, that, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are going to disagree with me, um, is we're going to bring a level of surprise back to hunting and not every single bull is going to be known. So what's that going to do? Well, it's probably, you know, whether you like like this thought or not, it's probably going to take pressure off of certain areas, and it's probably going to spread the hunters out because not everybody's going to have a picture of a giant bull that's hit the same water for the last three weeks, and everybody's going to go there and congregate there. And hopefully one of the things that will do is reduce some negative interactions. Now, I'm not saying that that happens all the time. I'm not saying that that is a major issue. I'm just saying, without everybody knowing every single bull and having these bulls named and all this stuff, it's going to lower expectations. It's going to lower the temperature, especially in Unit 9 and on the Strip and on the Kayabab and everywhere else where there's, they're known for running cameras. It's going to lower the temperature of the hunt is what my hope is. Um, and then the other thing, is what it's going to do is, you know, every year we have people that come out and hunt with us, and they tell us, hey, we really want to kill a 375 type bull. Okay, that, that sounds great. We'll hunt for that. And then you get out there, and, you, you know, say you call a 350 bull by, or they're on water, and a, a 350 bull, you know, they have an opportunity at one, and, and they look at you and say, well, how big is he? Well, you know, he's 350 ish. And they're like, oh, I'd shoot that bull for sure. Well, you know, before you came out, it was 375, and then when you have a bull in front of you, now it's 350. I think with cameras going away, not knowing every single bull, hunter expectation being a little bit more realistic on these things, it's going to make 350 bulls popular again because not every bull out there is a 400-inch giant. And just because there's you know three or four bulls that are over that 380 mark, that doesn't mean there's 12 of them out there. Um, so I'm hopeful that the camera man goes into effect is going to benefit the herds because it's going to take a little pressure off of some of these bigger bulls to where they'll have a chance to, you know, regrow and populate, spread their seed. Um, not every big bull will get whacked because if they don't get killed on the nursery, they're getting killed on the rifle. Now, there's still going to be people killing big bulls. That's what, you know, we get paid to go scout. So whether cameras or not, that's fine with us. We don't, we don't really care. Um, but I'm really hopeful 
that's going to do those things, bring the temperature down, level off expectations, make it to where people can go in and have a really fun and enjoyable hunt and shoot that 350 bull because that's the biggest bull they've ever seen in front of them, and they'd be tickled to death with it instead of, well, you know, chasing that number per se. That's, that's what I'm really helpful for, Jay. Yeah, I, I like all of what you're saying. One question I have is, you know, you've been around the block and doing this a long time. There's going to be some people that don't abide by the rules. What do you think is going to happen when that happens, and how much of that do you think is going to take place? Because, you know, the, the, the law is fairly vague on how it's written. In other words, you know, you could have a friend that doesn't hunt, but he's running cameras extensively. Well, how do you know if, you know, he shared pictures with you or somebody else or me, um, you know, stuff like that. What's your thoughts on, on that? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're totally right. There's already been people out there, um, different outfits, individuals that have said, Hey, I am not going to stop running cameras. Um, and I don't know how that's going to play for them. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Um, me personally, I can speak for myself. I'm going to speak for Shadow Valley Outfitters. When that camera ban goes into effect, we will not be setting up cameras. We will not be funding running these cameras. We won't be funding batteries. We won't be funding any of that stuff. We're going to abide by the law. You know, I, that's right. just, that's where we're at with it. Um, we, we don't want to have any issues. We want to keep a clean rep, clean nose. So we're going to follow what Game and Fish sets forth. Right. But I already know that there's people out there that are, have said they're not going to follow the law or what they're going to do is they're going to set up a photography business and all they do is run cameras. And then anybody can buy access to their online account and see this. Hey, fantastic. If it's, you know, the route you're going to play, best of luck. I hope it works out for you. But if you get busted, don't come to me with a GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's talk about um, deer moving forward. What are your thoughts on the deer? Uh, okay, so I think it's pretty wild. Um, south of the Grand Canyon, the deer look to be, I would say, like better than average, just a little bit better than average. They grow later, they drop later. We had great monsoons, so um, Arizona south of the Grand Canyon looks pretty pretty good. I think people are going to have great hunts. Um, the deer, as far as the physical condition, they look fantastic. They're, they're active. It's going to be fun. The OTC's hunts are going to be fun this year. Um, I, I really expect a good rut out of the OTC stuff. Um, north of the Grand Canyon, you're going to see... Uh, probably a, re a reduction in in harvest of big big bucks. Um, they're just not there. Um, they're they're really not. There's still going to be some big bucks killed. There's always a couple bucks that you know slip past and, and end up getting killed or no expectations or whatever. I'm not saying it's not going to happen at all. I'm just saying it's not going to be like. So you're you know, talking about the strip and the kaibab. It is below average. That's what you're saying. Exactly. Way um, below average, right? Correct. Correct. So I think you're going to see, to be honest with you, I think you're going to see a lot of 180 bucks get killed off of the strip. Um, you know, we killed like a two, 207, 208 buck on the strip on the archery hunt, 13B. 
And I think like that's going to hold up to be one of the bigger bucks that gets killed up there. Um, it's down. It just is. You know, you haven't seen auction bucks killed up there. There was a big auction buck killed on the Kaibab, um, but that's one of the fewer big, big bucks up there. You know, we've got uh, four hunters right now on the Kaibab on the early, um, and, and we've got uh, James and Travis and Tyler and, and Layton on those hunts right now, and they're hunting bucks. They're seeing decent bucks, but, you know, nothing big, big at all. Um, so it's tough, you know, I mean, you got to go up on any of these hunts right now. You have to go up there with the expectation of, Hey, I'm going to go up here. I'm going to hunt hard. And if you haven't had time to scout, I'm going to tell you, if you see that 190 buck, you should probably not pass that buck. Um, it's going to be a rough hunt for big deer. I go up there with the expectation. Hey, I drew the tag. It is what it is. It doesn't matter. I'm hunting. I'm going to have a good time. And you will, if you, Go up there expecting to find those two twenty bucks. You're going to be disappointed, and you know that's unfortunate. Why, in your opinion, did kind of the central Arizona bucks and south of the Grand Canyon bucks they look pretty good to maybe above average, and then uh, the the Kaibab uh, and the Strip are are below average? So I think there's a couple things um, like the Strip bucks and the Kaibab bucks. They're going to drop their antlers earlier than the central Arizona bucks, right? The central Arizona bucks are going to hold onto those antlers a little bit longer into the springtime. Um, so the strip guys, you know, they grew up early and it was still dry up there on the strip all winter long. And then going into, you know, the spring, we didn't really get rolling until monsoons. So they were growing without great seed, without great moisture. You know, they did not have a good start at all. So, you know, the essential letters on the bucks, whether they're a month or a month and a half behind the strip bucks when they're dropping, you know, they're dropping like a couple weeks prior or a month or two prior to when the monsoons really got going. So monsoons come in, that grass was ready to come up. Like the green up in Arizona, once monsoon hit, was phenomenal. Like it was overnight. So those bucks had ample food and water at their disposal as soon as the rains hit when they were in the in the real thick of it when they were growing. Now, the strip got a tremendous amount of water. Like, there's not a dry tank up there. There's tanks up there that got 20 feet of water in them and ponds that are just, they look like small lakes. But it, all that stuff came late. And then the other thing that we're seeing on the strip has to do with cameras. Big bucks and age class, and, and I will argue with anybody on this, but age class has been reduced on the strip and I say that is definitely impacted by the use of cameras. You know, that you'd be hard-pressed to convince me otherwise. So each class gets killed. Uh, you know, a big young buck that's, you know, maybe four years old, that's, you know, 220-something, that buck's getting killed because everybody knows about that deer. And, you know, a deer yourself is not going to pass that up because he knows of a 240 buck. That'd be crazy if he did, right? right. So... Age class has been reduced. I'm very hopeful on the strip. I've actually stopped applying for the strip. I've just been doing bonus points for the last couple of years. I'm hopeful in the next three to four years, cameras going away, lower the temperature, lower expectations, or at least like even out expectations to where they're realistic anymore, to where you can go out there and a guy can hunt on their own for you know a 200 inch, 210, 210 plus type buck. 
and actually stand a chance to do it, but we're going to have to hunt. Guys are going to have to hunt. It's not just go up there, hey, I bought a scouting package, you send me this 220 type deer on camera, I'm going to sit here. And that, that, that stuff's going to end, or, you know, it should. People are going to go hunt again, we're going to get the age class back up, and it's going to be, it's going to be really fun again. Coos deer, let's switch gears here. How are they looking? Uh, Coos deer, late start, um, for a growth for whatever reason, um, but looked good. Uh, I, you know, I was just talking to Ben, um, you know, we were helping out with, uh, some of the, the early auction hunt stuff, like doing some scouting and stuff. And we had a buck last year that it was, it was really, really wild. We had pictures basically the same week, uh, like phone scope, not uh, trail cam pictures, but phone scope picture and video of the same buck. And he was like, I'm going to say 50% smaller at the same time this year than he was last year for whatever reason. I, I don't know. I don't understand it, but that's the way it was. Um, some of these bucks ended up finishing out late, but man, I think hunters again, just like the, the central Arizona mule deer stuff, I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised. And, and we've seen some really good choose deer bucks get killed already on some of these early hunts by like guys and, and kids especially are killing some great bucks. Um, so I think it's better than average. I don't think it's tremendous. I think last year's drought still has a little bit of a hangover on some of the horn growth, but I think it's better than average. And I think that the hunting is going to be better than average. Uh, you think Southern Arizona has fared better with coos than central Arizona? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you say Northern Arizona? you know, central and northern Arizona, do you think it's oh, fared yeah, yeah. better, or do you think southern Arizona has fared better in the antler growth for coos? I think southern Arizona has fared better. Yeah, okay. I really do. I think that uh, the northern Arizona coos deer really got hit hard with the drought the last two years. Because, um, like, I mean, I've seen a reduction in deer numbers um, with coos deer. It seems like... Um, in northern Arizona, um, which is something that I, I, I thought that might happen, um, but it seems to seems to have an impact on them. Right on. Um, okay, so on your on your radar right now, you've got uh, deer hunts and late elk hunts. That's kind of what you're focused on next, right? Yeah. So we've got um, we've got the muzzleloader unit ten, and so we're gonna have. Uh, Two, three, two, two hunters on that hunt, uh, and then we've got 13B, the rifle hunt. We've got uh, 13A, and then uh, James Vine and, and Travis Lyons and Tyler Backus. They're going to be doing the Kyabab stuff, and then we've got a number of Coos Deer hunts. Ben's got all that organized, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. We've got some really fun hunts coming up on that, and then we've got our late rifle elk hunts. Um, which it's, we're really, we're excited about this. We are every year, you know, like, I don't know what it is. They're not bugling. The conditions are tough. There's tons of people out there, but we love that. <laughs> it's just a good time. Yeah. It's good to get out and get glass and for sure. Um, I, I didn't hear you talk about unit eight very much. You, you typically like to spend some time in eight. How did it fare in the archery hunt? And the, and the so we were in there. Yep, my aunt actually had the tag. Um, 
and she ended up feeling nice bowl, I think like Tuesday of the first week. Um, and then another, some of our guys that actually guide that hunt, they actually drew tags. So we didn't really take anybody on the early archery hunt. Um, so they killed some great bulls. They killed some really nice bulls. You know, unity now from what it was, I mean, Jay, you know, in the early 2000s and late 90s, it's two completely different animals. Um, they've, they've just run so many hunts in there and they've, they've changed what is a mature bull in that unit. Um, so there's still some nice bulls in there, still killing really nice bulls, you know, um, this year in unit eight or last year in unit eight, we killed like a 375 bull on the late rifle hunt. And that's, that's a great, great bull on that hunt. Um, that's a great bull on the archery hunt. That's a great bull anywhere. Um, so unit eight, the numbers look great. There's a number of bulls that held over from last year going into this year that still haven't been killed. And Bob Dagner actually has that archery unit eight tag, so he's pretty excited about that. Um, and then, you know, going into that rifle hunt, typically the bulls that, you know, don't get hammered on the late rifle or on the late archery, those are going to be the target bulls for the late rifle. And there's, there's going to be some really good bulls that get killed. Um, one thing that kind of gets overlooked, Unit 8, was we had a really big fire in there this year that, that chewed up like 75,000 acres um, of canyon country. Um, and that stuff's really going to produce, I believe, over the next like three to five years. It was pretty hot, so there wasn't like a great regrowth right away. But it looks good going forward. It, it cleaned up a bunch of country that hasn't burned in ages and ages and now you're able to see into some stuff and it's going to put some new growth in there that is going to help you know all the animals throughout the winter time and then going into the spring there's going to be good amounts of feed in there too so i'm i'm really i'm thrilled that that fire was in there actually i know it's you know fire's bad and people uh, you know you hate to see any place burn but that's going to help a lot of a lot of unit eight and even 6b Definitely being able to look into country and, and if it's canyon country where you can see across the canyons, that really helps um, when it's not so thick that you, you can't glass it. So um, that's good to hear. Um, Shadow Valley Outfitters has really grown uh, over the years. Um, what do you attribute the growth to? Um, you know, I think honestly, like what, what Bob and I and Ben are trying to do is like I have my what I would call wheelhouse hunts and Ben does, and Bob does. And we haven't brought anybody on this year that we didn't necessarily have last year. And we're real happy with her as far as, like, the people we have with us. But the whole the whole plan for us and the whole reason for success is we're not taking people and putting them in places they don't know just because they want to hunt or because they need the work. Most of our guys that work for us are police, fire, um, or guys that have full-time jobs that they really just love to hunt. Um, so they're not just going from one place to the next place to the next place. So we've got guys that are unit-specific that just want to stay and do those, you know, those two or three hunts that they do really, really well. Um, you know, that's why, like, having James for us on a tie dad, we didn't do the tie dad for a long time. But having James, that that's all he wants to do, is the tie dad hunt. Um, which is great, and he has Travis Lyons, Tyler Packus, and that's those guys are really good at that. I can't, you know, I can't be in every place all over the unit, 
or all over the state, and that's not fair to the people I'm hunting with. But I can do two or three units that I know really well and two or three hunts that I know really well and have a good time and be productive and give people a good experience. So I think really our growth is, it's less growth and just more success um, in the sense that like where we're at, what we're bringing in, and people we have hunger with us are just unit-specific people. You know, that that's the thing. And then the other thing that makes us successful is on our hunts, yeah, we do have big camps. Like we have guides and spotters on almost all of our hunts. So if you have three hunters, you've got six, or you've got three guides and three spotters. If, you know, that last guy hasn't killed, well, now he has six people looking for one critter for him. So we've, that's been a big reason for our success is that alone. And then just, you know, not, I don't want to be the biggest outfitter in the state. I have no intention of that. I just want to continue to do what we're doing and have a great time. Well, you've been doing great, and it's always uh, awesome checking out your photos. Um, want to give you a chance to let people know how they can uh, do a follow-up call or, or get more information uh, on you guys, and I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Um, the best way to get in contact with us is through our website. You know, We have a contact form that people can fill out. Um, it's just shadowvalleyoutfitters.com. Um, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. That's We put a lot of stuff out there on that, um, especially Instagram. It's just super easy uh, to get you know, updated pictures and all that stuff out. It's really, really easy, so uh, that's a good spot. And then they can just call me, and I'm happy whether they want to hunt with us or they're just looking for a little bit of advice or tips on hunts or whatever. I'll, I'll talk hunting with anybody. My number is 928-533-1903. There you have it. Pat, thanks a lot for your time, buddy. Uh, take care, and um, good luck on the rest of the, of the season here. Thanks a bunch, Jay. You guys, uh, good luck down there in Mexico, and be safe this year. Uh, we, we'll do it for sure. All right, I'll catch you later.